Hey, Shakes Pals, happy Throwdown Thursday. We are back with our second installation in the season of love. With me today, I've got Max Kreisky and Kate Cargill, and oh boy, you're in for a treat. They are so fun and so funny. I cannot recommend checking out all of their uh, comedy material enough. Thank you again to Victoria and Michael for being on last week. Again, it's just been so amazing to chat with these couples and love, love some love. Talk about some love. And it's been fun to see their little newlywed game answers as well. So thank you for tuning in uh, there. <laughs> if you want to check out the unedited version of this, it goes a little off the rails with Kate and Max uh, in the best possible sorts of ways. So if you want to check out the unedited video of this you can see that on patreon at patreon.com slash p2m pod and i do recommend checking that out uh so that's that's that that's that for me today i hope you're all having a lovely start to your june and that you're you're doing great i hope that you're finding love and uh enjoying it to the fullest Welcome to Protest Too Much, a Shakespeare Showdown podcast where a guest and I go head to head each week and you get to decide who wins. Welcome back to our season of love. I have already been laughing for 10 minutes straight, so I know that this is going to be a good one because with me, I have got writers, podcasters, and comedians, Max Kreisky and Kate Cargill. Max and Kate, thank you so much for being here. What up? Yeah, thanks for having me. Laughter stops now. All yes. serious from all this serious. point forward. Very hear- please very seriously talk about all of the super serious projects yeah. that you do on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kate and I and our friend Eric together, we write uh, the conspiracy comedy um, podcast, uh, an audio drama called uh, True Tales of the Illuminati, uh, which is about uh, conspiracies gone wrong. Uh, following a crew of uh, Illuminati goons as they balance haplessly throughout various conspiracies in history. The first season, they try and fail to keep the pyramids a secret. And in the second season, which is releasing now, will probably be done releasing by the time this episode comes out. Uh, they f*** up faking the moon landing so badly, they have to actually land on the moon. <laughs> Steph, what did I tell you? No I more know, laughter. Sorry, this no is laughing. very serious. It's not very it's, serious. <laughs> it's a very funny show, but we're being very serious yes. about it. It's yes. art. Art. Um, High art. art. It's got a dramatic um, astronaut fight in mm-hmm. it. Yeah, there is an oxygen host fight. Yeah, yeah. oxygen host fight. Oh my god, amazing! Uh, where mm-hmm. can people find that? You can listen to it uh, on your podcatcher of choice. You just look, uh, look up uh, "True Tales of the Illuminati." You can listen to it on Spotify. You can listen to it on Pinecast and the Apple Podcast app. Or you can go directly to our website, TrueTalesTeam.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at TrueTalesTeam or if you don't want to be one of Elon Lord, Elon Musk's um, meme slaves, uh, you can find it on Tumblr as well. Uh, all the same content. Um, let's see. Uh, we all, um, yeah. I also make uh, Gut Bust, a sketch comedy zine uh, that you can find on Twitter at gut underscore bust or on Etsy at uh Etsy.com slash gutbust. I don't actually know how Etsy works. Just search gutbust on Etsy. It's a it's a weirdo comedy zine with a bunch of weird sketches I've written uh, that you can buy and then giggle at. Uh, uh, there are two issues out. Um, I'm I'm quite quite proud of it. 
Heck yeah. Kate, what about you? Yeah, so in addition to uh, co-writing True Tales team, True Tales the Illuminati, at the website True Tales team, uh, I also write um, modules for role-playing games, um, mostly unknown armies, <laughs> mostly just unknown armies, but I have uh, an anthology of three single session scenarios for uh, weird occult dirtbag role-playing game unknown armies called uh, One Shots American Dreams. It's on Drive-Thru RPG. Uh, if what I said makes no sense to you, that's okay. But if you like, it's occult- not for you. Yeah. <laughs> if you like occult dirtbags, check out Unknown Armies. It's a lot of fun. Brilliant. I love that. I'm excited, uh, y'all. I cannot endorse Max and Kate's work enough. I laugh at all. A lot. You can't endorse it at all. Can't endorse it at all. <laughs> <laughs> Dangerous, subversive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Frankly, uh, just not very well done. <laughs> Oh no! Thank you though. That that that's, that means a lot to, to yeah, us that you it, like it. Does. it. I do. Um, it's very fun. It's very funny. Um, and I'm excited because Max, you've been on the show, and uh, the, I edited a lot of it out. But yeah, you really you really uh, <laughs> made me say some stuff that I did not say. I don't know how you did that. <laughs> Luckily, this is video, so if you edit me out, it'll be it'll be really obvious. Right. This will. This is the, what Patreon's gonna get. Um, but the best part about that episode is that while Max was arguing, Kate was in the background just screaming things <laughs> out periodically. <laughs> yes. I, I I think I feel it's um relevant to note that um my mother really loved Shakespeare and I grew up watching Shakespeare plays. We used to, we, we'd watch them. I wouldn't typically read them. And so my first Shakespeare play was actually Twelfth Night, and I was like in middle school. And we watched uh I would say at least a Shakespeare play a year for most of the time, like until, until like post-college almost. So I watched a lot of Shakespeare. I've forgotten a lot of it because I haven't been as good about keeping up with it now that I don't have uh, a convenient uh, way to, to see it via my mom uh, taking initiative, but uh, it's, it's definitely had like a big impact on me. (laughs) That's awesome. We once went to see a play together where I made direct eye contact with an actor and made him break on stage because, uh, <laughs> uh, which because I I had uh, made a little you sounds and he had snickered at it and then I looked at him right in the <laughs> eye. <laughs> Do you remember what play it was? I was um, as you like it. Okay. Which is you know it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a Shakespeare play which that's not that's not going to break the play. Right, but, uh, right. It's know, not like just... the middle of measure for measure and yeah. you're just staring yeah. at like Isabella and she just starts laughing in the middle of it and the whole yeah. play is ruined. Uh, yeah, no, no. It was, it was, that was the big scene at the end where everyone's getting married and he was his character had been married. And, As you uh, do. I, As he does. And uh, I gave a little snicker because no one else got and no one else got the thing and I heard, heard a little <laughs> from the side and I turned because it was theater in the round and we were mm. on the very, like theater in the sea, I guess, in the horseshoe. We were on the very edge and all the actors were lined up. I was on the very like leftmost seat, no other audience member to my left. I was like, who could that be? And I turned to my left and the actor is staring right at me. He makes <laughs> eye contact and, just, and he's, he's just struggling so hard to keep his laughter in. I believe <laughs> the line- that for like a good, like a good five seconds, I would say. <laughs> I believe the line was filthy oyster or something yeah, like I that. Have- I have tasted her filthy pearl, something like that. That's what it was. And I was like, oh, that's visceral. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, speaking of filthy pearls, (laughs) uh, 
what do you each think is the most pure moment of besides that one? Mm-hmm. Putting that one aside, what do you That's... think is the most pure moment of love in Shakespeare? The most pure presentation of love in any of the plays, whether it's romantic, familial, uh, platonic, um, whatever it is. What do you think is that that moment? Let's start with Kate. Okay. We, me and Max talked about this a little bit yesterday. Okay. <laughs> so but, uh, so I, I think the most pure love in Shakespeare is probably Bottom's love for Titania. <laughs> oh. Because, you know, he's he's like the one person in that play who doesn't have mystical brainwashing making him fall in love with someone. And Titania's like so into him. He's just there for the ride. He's always supportive. He never like critiques her or says anything cruel. Like he doesn't like he's he's always like very kind to her like honestly i almost feel like after a spell gets broken if i was a tiny i'd be like you know maybe having a guy with an ass's head it could be worse i could be married to oberon it could be worse yeah yeah i mean she deals with oberon all the time bottom is a yeah. a welcome distraction that's a oberon. really oberon's one of those guys you really have to manage <laughs> yes <laughs> i really like that i've never actually kind of sat and thought about the fact that he's not under any sort of spell or anything. He's just like swept up in this and like, yeah, it affects him when it's gone. Yeah. 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 That's really I sweet. Feel, I do feel bad for his friends though. Cause he just disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> of course his friends are kind of shitty though. So like maybe, maybe he's better off. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's uh, we've all been in those. We've all been in those acting troops where secretly everyone's glad that the yeah. star actor's gone. You know Francis Flute is like, mm, yes, this is my chance. This is my <laughs> chance to be Pyramus. I'm not going to be too upset about it. Uh, actors, they're terrible. <laughs> okay. It's nice I, to know that, that even back then, Shakespeare's like, ugh, <laughs> Um, I really like that a lot. Max, what about you? I went back and forth on this one a little bit. A part of me wanted to say Rosencrantz and Guildenstern because they are best friends. Oh, that's yeah, good, actually. That is um, a good one. Pardon me, wants to say Mercutio because uh, he tro- he wants he trolls Romeo incredibly hard as he's dying, uh, like he's got a big old like cut in his heart, and he's still like he's still roasting his buddy Romeo, which you know that's that's if that's not friendship, I don't know what is. Honestly, once Mercutio dies in that play, just leave. The you theater. can just leave. Mercutio's <laughs> the best character. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Except for Mercu- Paris, though. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like Paris poor sweet, poor sweet angel, pa- angel true. baby Paris. Yeah. <sighs> um, and and I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually going back and forth on this now. Then the part wants to say Celia, because uh, she's ride or die for her cousin Rosalind, and definitely like gets married to Oliver, fakes being into him, so they could just sort of like keep rolling. <laughs> <gasps> You know, I think that, you know, I think that might be it, though. I think it's Celia. I I, I, I like the reading of the play where she's really like because she, she's all of us like, I'm going to marry that guy. And uh, in like a straight reading, I think people were like, yeah, you know, in Shakespeare, passion's just crazy. You know, there's there's no logic to it. <laughs> but I've seen some readings who are like, no, Celia decides to marry Oliver because, you know, she wants to keep supporting uh, Rosalind. And the best way to do that at this point in time is just mar- marry for convenience. <laughs> Um, so, you know, in uh, As You Like It, uh, if you don't know, you know, uh, Rosalind in As You Like It uh, flees to the woods uh, with her cousin Celia. And Celia just doesn't really have a reason to flee to the woods. She just loves Rosalind so much. She's like, yeah, I'd follow you into exile. Let's do it. 
let's go to the woods. Let's uh, I'll, 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 we'll survive out there. We'll find poems uh, nailed to trees. We're going <laughs> to it's going to be, you know, a girl's camping trip. We're not going to talk about the fact that we can barely survive out here because we're nobility. Um, you pastoralism. Know, pastoralism. It's great. Uh, <laughs> You know, there's a lot of talk about this. He's like, yeah, this Rosalind's my favorite cousin. I love her so much. You know, I would, I would, I would die for her. And uh, I think just gals being pals. Gals being pals. I don't, you know. I love that. I do think Celia is like one of the the most uh, just even level headed. um, Even though she does things that are like, yeah, sure, let's run away. Like, I'll go into exile with you. Like, she does make snap decisions, but she's so constant in her support of Rosalind. Let's be honest. Rosalind would have died out there without Celia. They don't show it, but you just know that, like, Celia's like, yeah, you can, like, mash up acorns to make flour. I heard, I read about this, and Rosalind <laughs> was just, like, gnawing on them from a tree. And Ros- and Celia's <laughs> like, no, it's cool. No, that's a great idea. And I just want to, I want to, I, I want to take your idea, and I want to build on it. Uh, <laughs> um... <laughs> I love Rosalind. Rosalind is great. She's funny. She's smart. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I, I think I just I think that uh, if, if Celia hadn't been there, I do think Rosalind would have died. <laughs> I think that's a really interesting. I think it's an interesting take. And I think that I do think that Celia deserves more credit just in the canon in general as someone who. Is, who really truly loves Rosalind and is there to support her because Celia calls dibs on Orlando first and then Rosalind is like but what if I love him though and Celia's like but what, what if, if you love-, love him okay all right you know I'll, I'll hear you out on this yeah <laughs> you know like, uh, that's not how the real world that's not how real normal people <laughs> operate no. Celia is no. a special kind of of special person uh. We stand, Celia. Yeah, we do. I yeah. love both of those choices a lot. I think they're really nice and they're really sweet and they're just wholesome. I uh, did almost just decide to name every to name every fool and every king they roast and be like, what's what's a better expression of love than roasting a king, you know, who might kill you at any moment? Honestly, Look, I think I, you've got what, something there. I think what I I think what I found out in this is that my love language is apparently roasting. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, Okay, so we are going to play a little Shakespeare newlywed game. So I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to write down your answer, and then I'll have you guess each other's. We'll hold them up to the cameras. We'll see who wins. We're just going to – it's a competition, and we're out for a trophy. Uh, Finally, I'm going to get my ass beat at a contest by my wife. (laughs) I beat you at uh, Jackbox a few times. Oh yeah, that's many right. times. I be a comedian at Jackbox. <laughs> <laughs> Jackbox always stresses me out because I'm like usually playing with comedians, and I'm like I I just can't. I won't. Yeah. I just won't be funny enough for this. I can't do it. Um. All right. So we're gonna start easy. We're gonna start easy. You're gonna write down your favorite genre of Shakespeare play. So we've got comedy, history, tragedy, and I did have this before we had our ten minute discussion on our PP PPs. Um, <laughs> so comedy, history, tragedy, or problem play. So <laughs> comedy, history, tragedy, problem. You write down your favorite, and let me know when you're done. Okay. I'm done. All right, Max. What is Kate's favorite genre of play? Uh, comedy. Max's problem place. <laughs> oh no! 
Which one for 10 minutes about it? I feel like I even knew the answer to that one. That's okay. You have plenty of time um, to make it up. I will I will say, I will say it's kind of a curveball. Most people don't include problem plays as their own genre. They're considered like um a, a categorization for a genre. So if you take out problem plays, the answer is in fact comedies to to max's credit i'll give you a i'll give you a half point max i'll give you a half yeah. point for that well that's the one we've uh we've gone to see the most together well, people perform the comedies that's true actually people almost never perform the problem plays especially because like two or three of them are kind of shitty yeah <laughs> tim yeah, powers wrote a bunch about one of the uh, like wrote a book basically we're like what, what if one of the problem plays was actually instructions for how to give a ghost a body it's a That's fun book. It's Trollis and Cressidia, by the way. Trollis oh. and Cressidia. Yeah. Um, that is Earthquake Weather. Earthquake Weather. Great hey, book. do you like the occult and Shakespeare read Earthquake Weather? Do you like incredibly dense writing? Yeah, I do. Like, well, Earthquake Weather's not as dense. Earthquake Weather's not that so. bad. Of yeah. the three, anyway, we won't talk about Tim Powers. Do you like a book Earth. that's a direct sequel to two other books yes. that are not sequels to each other? <laughs> I think Steph likes that. <laughs> I think I might. Yeah. Um, okay, Kate, what is yes. Max's favorite genre? Um, oh, I no, I, I just I just gotta go with the gut. Also, comedies. Yeah, comedy. That's a full point for Kate. Yeah. All right. What is your Shakespeare dream role? So, if you're gonna hop up on stage tomorrow, they say we're giving you whatever you want. Whoever you want to play in Shakespeare, who is it? I'm ready. Oh, I'm, I'm ready. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Kate, what is Max's Shakespeare dream role? Oh, this is actually really hard. He talks about Shylock a lot, but I don't actually think that's it. No, um, that's problematic, Kate. It is problematic. It is problematic. I know. Um, although one of my favorite Shakespeare characters is also problematic, but um, I think it might actually be the fool from uh, from As You Like. It. Uh, you <laughs> mean feel, Touchstone? Yeah, I feel like you've built up Touchstone in your head a lot at this point. Either that, or there's a character in King Lear. I think the fool in King Lear. I think is the other one. I might say, but we'll stick by Touchstone because I don't get to answer. Multiple so times. those fools were both my like joint second choices. I will say. By the end of the day, I got to go with the best dude, Mercutio. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, why didn't I say Mercutio? <laughs> I was even thinking that ahead of time. She asked, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to say Mercutio. I, I, I'll i admit, I almost wrote down Touchstone. So, you know, pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Max, what is Kate's Shakespeare dream role? I'm going to take a big swing at this because this might actually be her least favorite one. But it is the one she's named after. So uh, I'm going to say Kate from Taming of the Shrew. Um, I do really like Kate actually, yeah. and I would play her, but not my favorite. Not it's not my dream role. Well, first of all, I don't really want to act, so I guess no one is technically the answer to this question. <laughs> but if someone was like, "You have to be in a Shakespeare play," I'd be like, "Okay, hey, I want to play." Kate, we've got ten minutes to curve. We've memorized the entirety of Shakespeare's standing. We need. You can use anyone. Which one? Which one is it, Kate? But uh, but if I had... kill us off, we don't. <laughs> but but if if forced if forced to act, I would choose Puck from Midsummer oh, Night's Dream. Uh, that role is a blast. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, but but Catherine is a worthy guess. Uh, I do unironically love Catherine, despite all. I'm sorry, I mean, wow, that's problematic, Max. 
Yes, and uh, <laughs> there's a yeah. Um, also, someone running up to you and saying, "You, we have ten minutes, and you have to perform <laughs> one role in Shakespeare." I've completely memorized. I think that might be my dream. I would be like, "You've come Finally, to the right person." Come. My bagpipe teacher used to joke about. Um, I forget the the name of the band now, but a, a famous. Uh, Celtic band, not the Chieftains. That he had a dream about, like uh, their their bagpiper is sick, and suddenly, like someone in the audience, please come up, rescue us! It's like, please, finally. if someone doesn't play this bagpipe, it will explode. <laughs> it's like speed, but for bagpipes. Speed, but with bagpipes. Yeah. yeah. Finally, oh. my moment has come. <laughs> okay, um, I got another. I got a curveball for you. This one might be. I'm interested to see your answers for this one. If you had to write a sequel or prequel to any Shakespeare play, so you get to write these characters whatever, however you want them, which play would you use as your source material? You can do whatever you want to the characters before or after the action of the play. Which play do you take? It's okay. a copy. Yeah, it's a, a it's a little tough, but yeah, I figured for the yeah, two yeah. of you, this is the right avenue. Prequel to anything. Ooh, I, hmm, there's a lot of good choices here. Is there some that were, it's already been done and I can't take them? I feel like you can. You can still take them. I feel like Tom Stoppard has already done the definitive Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Okay, well, yeah. You've, you've, That's you're fair. Not, Don't you're take that out. Yeah. I mean, you could write a sequel about a different character. Like, he, yeah, but no, why have hamburger when you can yeah, have two true. steaks? <laughs> um, you heard it first, Max. Max thinks Rosencrantz and Guildenstern two steaks. Two steaks, yum yum, and that's, that's what you want for any play. meal. <laughs> two, I'm a two steaks boy. Oh god, so much. It's um, too much food. It's so much. It's just so much. <laughs> Doing some doing some quick cliff notes of mm -hmm. one of my potential choices. It's been a while since I've seen this one. Yeah, this is gonna be just video poison for your Patreons. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna love it. If they've gotten this far, yeah. They're that's true. true. They're, they're gonna love watching us make faces as we really think very hard uh, about about what exactly we would want to write. Okay, I think I think I got it. So I've I've written a version of Julius Caesar that's about elevators. <laughs> I I did know that this is yeah. that was the inspiration for this question. Mm -hmm. Okay, um. okay. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm just gonna go with my heart on this. Go with your heart. That's what our season of love is all about. That's right. <laughs> okay. All right, Max. What do you think Kate would use as source material for a prequel or a sequel? I'm going to say, I've been thinking so hard about my own answer. Now. I got to reverse gears, yeah, yeah. use empathy. Um, <laughs> let's say Merry Wives of Windsor. This time, it's <laughs> wife in it to the beat. <laughs> more merry, more wives. Mer the merrier wives. The merrier wives. And then you've got the your prequel, third. right? Yeah. 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 Uh, what is it, Kate? Is that correct? I uh, know. That did occur to me, actually. <laughs> That's sort of like a fun Hail Mary. Um, Merry Wives of Winster, Young Falstaff. <laughs> okay. I would watch a play that's Young Falstaff, though. Mm -hmm. Finally. Gets his own play. That What the what the people want. Mm -hmm. um, 
but no uh this one's kind of so the, I, my main answer is the tempest i i feel like i can't do a prequel better than my friend already is but a, a sequel could be fun uh i love terrible wizards so you know any 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 shakespeare play where i get to use magic is gonna be fun uh, I would say my second pick was pretty close as the A Winter's Tale because I just want to see her Hermione kick ass now that she's back from the dead. Just really, good... just really show show them how it's done. I, yeah. I would love uh, a play just about Prospero in Venice uh, doing doing terrible magic at people until they catch catch him and, and exile him <laughs> and him just cl- clutching his kid and going no. <laughs> I don't deserve this. Why don't they love me? (laughs) I'm an efficient administrator. And behind him, there's just a church that's on fire. (laughs) (laughs) That's really fun. Um, I do think also a Winter's Tale sequel would be really fun because as soon as Hermione comes back to life, like she never addresses Leontes again. And I think that if she could sustain that through like... (laughs) an entire sequel without Incredible. it like affecting you know like the the sixth sense effect yeah. that like you yeah. don't really notice that she hasn't spoken a word to any to leontes but like i i like the idea that like hermione just kind of takes over and leontes doesn't even understand what's happening until it's too late until it's done because no one in the kingdom respects him <laughs> That is uh, absolutely true. Yes. Um, it is It is kind of a risk me picking a winner's tale because, like, my memory of it is always – I've only seen it a couple times because, like, you know, as I mentioned, I usually saw them as plays, mm-hmm. not – I didn't usually read them. So a winter's tale is not often performed, which is another problem with As You Like It and Mary Wise Windsor, all plays I have a kind of a tenuous grasp on for the same reason. But I do – I always remember really liking it and loving that Hermione comes back from the dead at the end and it's like, Hermione's back. <laughs> Guess who's back? Yes. back again all right Kate, <laughs> what does max want to write a prequel or a oh, sequel of uh i'm gonna gonna be bold and say also the tempest i did almost put that down <laughs> but no uh you know i i uh I, yeah I, I love terrible wizards i've but i've written so much about terrible wizards <laughs> maybe take uh, a break for a maybe while. take a break um in uh, my other show wizard seeking wizard uh but what uh what i actually had i went back and forth one my my option i didn't pick was king lear but it's the fool just roasting king lear on his throne at 24 <laughs> 7. there's no there's no climax there's no plot it's just that it's for, just that for, for just a king it's just a king eating shit because it's full uh his fool just gets his ass um yeah i'd watch but that i actually i went with um i went with a really basic option because you know what it would just be really fun I, I think it's a great character. I'm being basic about it. Uh, and, and I'm following my through line, which is Romeo and Juliet. It's a prequel. It's called Mercutio, Prince of Cats. <laughs> and it's Why is Mer- he the Prince of Cats? Well, that's something they call him in the play. Oh, uh, and okay. Because he's, he's a bit of a tomcat, which yeah. is a, a real, you know, what they used to call men who slept around, which I think we should bring back. Although I guess it's a little too, it's a little too fun. Um, <laughs> uh, but... Uh, it's called Mercutio, Prince of Cats, and it's uh, it's just Mercutio because he's the best duelist in the city, and it's Mercutio going around making that name for himself and being just a, also you know kind of a terrible man whore. Um, and, I like uh, the idea that just it... roasting people constantly. Look, it just 
I'm going to be honest here. It's definitely uh, any, a theme. It's all it's a big, a lot of roasting going on. There's some <laughs> incredible I, roasting in I do think this is a great idea for play. I do feel like one of the best things is like in Acts 3, like a bunch of women, like like there could be the B-plot could be all of the women that Mercutio has, has been with decide to get together and embarrass him in some extreme yeah. and outsized way. No, well, they, they, Mary they, Wives they cut, of Windsor in the middle yeah. of the play. They sabotage <laughs> yes. his, his, uh, his, his puffling pants. So that they fall down in the middle of a duel. <laughs> but uh, he still wins the duel. He still like, wins the duel. The yeah. And then Everyone's like, seen his butt Whoa. anyway. Yeah. He doesn't you care. see Mercutio's ass? <laughs> and everyone's like, uh-huh. Noice. <laughs> nice. I like uh, that. I would like a, um, a young Mercutio. Yeah. A younger prequel. Mercutio. Younger. Yeah, younger. That's really fun. Yeah. Um, okay. Which Shakespeare couple is the most like the two of you? So which couple really that's, gets your vibe? Who's the the? <laughs> I'm gonna have to look at the list. Of I'm gonna have to look at way. look up some Shakespeare couples. Mm -hmm. That's tough. Well, the comedy answer is the Macbeths. <laughs> you're always telling me to kill people, Kate. I know, <laughs> and you listen every time. Every, well, you're usually right. Yeah. Um, then you regret it later, and I have to talk you back into it again. Yeah. No, it was great last time. Remember, you got every dream couple. Yeah. Every dream couple. Um, hmm. Max says, which Shakespeare couple roasts each other the most? The mo that is what <laughs> okay. I'm thinking. I actually have an answer for this. Yeah. It, it's going to sound it's going to sound like a neg. It's uh, not a neg. I promise. I think the Shakespeare <laughs> couple that has the most energy like me and Max is Maria and Sir Toby Belch for Golf Night. Oh, I love that, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I unironically love this. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I think that's really great. They do yeah. have a lot of fun, and they're very silly. Yeah. Yeah, that's... no, no. I, I unironically uh, stand this. This is good. I, yeah, I'm except replace Toby with Malvolio, because I am where I wear ridiculous clothes. Well, see, but the thing is, the thing is, Max, you can't. I thought of that. You can't be Malvolio because he's not self-aware enough. Like, That's fair. Like you have sort of the the presentation of like a sad fool that Malvolio <laughs> does, but like, <laughs> but at the end of the day, like you're very lovable because you you have a sense of self-aware of awareness of, of yourself, whereas Malvolio is like very puffed up and thinks he's hot shit, and that's not that's like true. you at all. I mean, that's Sir Toby Belch does too, but like he's kind of a shit poster in a more lovable way. Yes. I, I need to see Twelfth Night. <laughs> yeah, you do. It's like it's maybe look. It's not. I don't. I don't have like quite the sentimentality. Pause on favorite play. If I'm that's sorry, where yeah, you're going with that sentence, hold that. Okay, we'll circle back to that. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Max? What do you think for? Uh, I hadn't thought of it yet. I'm gonna. Okay. Uh, I hadn't finished. Uh, Maria and Sir Toby Belch. Done. Oof. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I think I'm gonna give you both a point for that. Point. <laughs> point. Uh, Kate's look, ahead by two. Yeah, she usually is. <laughs> Much like Maria and Sir Toby Bell. <laughs> okay. Last question. What is your favorite Shakespeare play? Write it down. Mm -hmm. Best one, favorite one. Doesn't have to be good. Just has to be this is your favorite. Really hard. It's a toughie. It's like changed over the years too. Mm -hmm. That'll happen. It'll do that. This is one that I wish I'd have I have more opportunities to see. Ooh. All right. All right. 
Okay, Kate, what is Max's favorite play? Uh, King Lear? Oh. You talk about it a lot. Okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like I talk about the fool and the king. I don't I don't believe any, anything okay, else in King Lear. As, <laughs> I mean, so, okay. I don't I don't know that. I have like a few guesses, but like none of them are like Oh, if it's not this, it's definitely that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like I like I know you really like as you like it, you talk about that a lot. Uh you talk about uh Merchant of Venice fairly often. Um, there's another one you talk about fairly often. I don't remember what it is, but there's uh, there's another one, but I I don't none of those feel like, yeah, it's definitely this one. It's the Tempest. I mean? uh, yeah, that was the that was the one I was. It's forgot. got a wizard in it. I know. It's like <laughs> You know, honestly, the Tempest rules. And it's got a wizard in it. Yeah. You know? And then it's got did... uh, it's got a ride or die bros who are down to uh, who are down to try and overthrow a wizard, even yep. though they're way too drunk. Super That's drunk. Great. <laughs> Super drunk, making a lot of bad choices. That, that was the one I forgot when I was I was going through them. I think I overthought uh, it. You know what I mean? You, it is you... a great play. Yeah. God, what an all timer, the Tempest. Yeah. Anyway. All right, Max. Um, what's Kate's favorite play? Measure for measure. No, although that is an excellent guess. That's Damn. one. That's a, one of my top faves. Uh, it's Richard the Third. Really? Yeah. Okay. You've I really love Richard it the before. Third. I talk about it every once in a while. Richard the Third is like part of what makes it good is it's got so many good speeches in it. Also, Margaret rules in that yes. play. <laughs> Margaret rules Honest, in every play. <laughs> it's true. She's great. Uh, my mom performed her soliloquy from Richard the Third uh, in a like a was like a i forget what they call it like different bits from shakespeare okay like a, like a like a review for yeah. yeah 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 and she did the speech where it's like i had a, and a richard killed him and like god that speech slaps <laughs> yeah that's um, awesome yeah but uh i do love measure for measure i would say measure for measure is like top five definitely um yeah it's a good one it's a good one that's awesome Y'all, thank you so much for doing this very silly little game. Oh, <laughs> my pleasure. I'm always, always happy. I always enjoy uh, hanging out uh, with y'all. And, what better uh, way to spend a being, Sunday morning? Yeah, yeah, being a terrible little goblin man. You know, <laughs> being a real Sir Toby Belch. God, if someone would just pay me to be a terrible goblin man. Uh, where um, can people send all of that goblin money? Where can they find you on the internet to, to uh, support your goblin ing? Sure. You can find me on Twitter uh, at Max to the K, M-A-X-T-O-T-H-E-K. Uh, there's uh, True Tales Illuminati, True Tales Team at, on Twitter. There's um, Gut Bust. That's actually when you can actually give me money. You can, uh, if you look Gut underscore Bust. Um, the Twitter is not very good for that yet, but you can find the Etsy through it and shit like that. And it's a good zine that I'm proud of. Um, and there's also uh, at Wiz for Wiz which is my wizard dating podcast, Wizard Seeking Wizard. Uh, Kate, how about you? Uh, if you want to give me money, uh, you can buy my one-shot anthology, uh, One Shots American Dreams from Unknown Armies. That's kind of the only way you can give me money right now. Uh, but yeah, definitely check out True Tales. Uh, look out for more Unknown Armies content. If you like this niche role-playing Lynchian game about occult dirtbags. <laughs> Your interests are just really specific. <laughs> it's very good. Her 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 um her one shot anthology. Thanks. Very Max. good. 
an yeah. unbiased opinion from an objective if, source. If you like the niche genre of shit posting about play, famous playwrights, in issue two of Gut Bust, I have a sketch about Samuel Beckett. Ooh, kind nice. of nice. It's kind of about Samuel Beckett. It's about two people in art jail. Uh, from it's about life. Yeah. It's about his extremely litigious, litigious it's estate. It's about his extremely litigious ex- estate, yes. <laughs> Amazing. So yeah. fun. Thanks, y'all, so much. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next week. See you then. Serious business.